Australians told us at the last election they wanted action on climate change. We determined to deliver this. Is it okay that we're experiencing one of the hottest summers recorded? Is it okay we're seeing more wildfires than ever? Is it okay that nobody really seems to care about climate change? You are listening to the Influence by Nature podcast from the Australian bush capital Canberra. My name is Tina Atasalt. And I'm Ben Galia. Together, we're taking the temperature on Australia's climate during this nine-episode special on Moroni Radio. Hi guys, this is the Influence by Nature show on Moroni Radio. This is August 17, 2018. My name is Stine. And uh, before we get into this session today i want to start with an acknowledgement of country so the Roni radio acknowledges the nunawal and ngambri people who are the traditional custodians of the land of which Roni radio is created and distributed we pay our respects to the elders past present and emergent and acknowledge that this land was stolen and that serenity was never ceded okay guys well, this is the second show of the Influence by Nature um, podcast, I'll call it, where we take the temperature on Australia's climate. And today we're going to talk about um, sort of the background of climate change. So we're going to talk about the past, the present and the future of climate change. Um, I am obviously not doing this all by myself. I have a co-host. He's, uh, his name is Ben. Uh, but Ben has still not showed up in the studio yet. Um, I did give a little introduction to Ben uh, on our last show, uh, but we are this lucky that this time Ben has actually sent in a little recording um, where he introduces himself. So um, while I play this, I hope you're all just going to say a big, massive hello to Ben, who's going to join us next week. G'day, I'm Ben Garlia, reporting in from the dry, dusty land of southeast Queensland. Um, I'm going to be joining you and Sina each week on this wonderful show, Influenced by Nature, where we'll bring you news and commentary on some of the most pressing climate-related challenges that we're facing in Australia. I myself was born and raised on a property in southeast Queensland, uh, where I've got to spend uh, weekends on horseback and... Uh, exploring the bush and the creeks and uh, looking for animals and interesting plants and fossils in my local area. It was a very nice upbringing. I've always been observing and managing my local landscape and I've also been very fortunate to travel widely across our vast land of Australia. I've actually made a habit of that and of working on various farms and properties around the place, trying to understand the beauty and also the difficulties of the agricultural industry. So the reason I'm studying at the ANU is because I wanted to develop my skills and passions so I can be employed in this field of um, environmental science. And I've done three years now. 
I'm on the home run uh, this semester. I've only got a couple of courses left. The reason I'm calling from Queensland is because I've just arrived home to Australia because I've spent the last eight months gallivanting around Europe, including a couple of months in Denmark, actually. I was spending most, most of my time with family and friends, and I've learned a lot. It's been an absolute joy to experience what I did. And I'm always a big supporter of travel. However, in the coming weeks, we'll probably probably be also talking about the huge greenhouse greenhouse emissions that are produced through commercial aviation, as well as other causes of uh, major pollution in our daily lives. So there's many p- topics for us to pick through, and if you listen to Stina's introductory show, you'll probably get an idea of the sorts of things we'll be covering. It's sure to be st- to be stimulating and I think you'll be surprised because the stories and science we're going to cover probably hasn't been uh, into the hasn't gotten into the wider public knowledge so far so stay tuned uh, but for now I'll pass you back to Stina. All right guys that was Ben and we're all looking forward to say a proper hello to Ben next week when he actually shows up finally. Okay but as Ben said we're going to be looking into various aspects of climate change and how that impacts different um, aspects of our society and our environment. But first, I think is on its right place to actually take a look back into uh, the past state of our climate. So we're going to take you through a little bit of a long segment here, but hold on and um, I think you can learn some really cool stuff. So to start off with, um, the term climate change, it might I think it's a quite misleading way to explain or point towards the issues that we are starting to see in our society today. Um, the issues that um, involves the increased greenhouse gases in our atmosphere and the warming up of our planet. Because climate change, like, I mean, the climate has always been changing. So what is really different now and what makes us talk about climate change as an issue now is that it's changing very, very fast. So the rate at which the climate is changing has now altered uh, the way that it's affecting our, uh, our world. So um, how do we know that the climate has been changing in the past? And what might that change have looked like? So really, uh, really clever science people have found out um, years and years and years ago that we can take out ice cores from the Greenland and from the Antarctic ice sheets. Um, And then we can analyze uh, these trapped air bubbles inside of these um, ice cores. And these air uh, bubbles, they contain greenhouse gases. So when you look at the greenhouse gases inside the ice cores, they tell us something about our past climates. And one thing that we can see from these greenhouse gases is that the Earth has gone in and out of something that we call glacial periods. So glacial periods are these cold periods where the ice sheets around the world have been really, really vast, really extensive, so much, uh, much greater than the ice sheets we have today in Greenland and the Antarctic. Um, so going into these cold periods and out of these cold periods, um, has mainly been due to quite natural variations um, both in the Earth orbit um, around the sun and the the distance that we have to the sun. Um, 
if you're really interested in stuff like this, this is called the Milankovitch cycles. Um, and we know from these ice cores that variations, like going in and out of these glacial periods, they have, uh, they have been going on for many, many hundreds of thousands of years. We are right now in a warm period, so we don't have like these extended and massive ice sheets. We have we have the two we know. Um, so we are in a in a warm period at the moment, which is quite nice because that has kind of allowed human civilization to take form. Um, another, I think, really interesting correlation when you look at the greenhouse gas bubbles in these ice cores um, is that they have shown that the greenhouse gases, their concentrations have been increasing every time that the Earth has gone out of one of these really cold periods and into a warmer period. So like we see now when the temperature is increasing, so does the greenhouse gases, or when the greenhouse gas concentrations are increasing, so does the temperature. Um, but really, really interestingly, when we start zooming in on our current time, so since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, sort of the end of the 19th century, maybe more significantly um, since the 1950s, these like greenhouse gas data that we have, they start going off the chart, like nothing that we have seen through probably at least the last 650,000 years. So during this short time that we're looking at now, since the late 19th century, our planet has um, actually warmed around 0.8 to 0.9 degrees. And you might now think 0.8 degrees, that sounds like no big deal. But to be fair, if we start comparing that to the temperature differences that we were experiencing going in and out of these glacial periods, which was around five degrees. So the last glacial period with a lot of ice was about five degrees colder than it is today. Then an almost one degree increase actually starts putting this into perspective. But when we are talking Australia, and th that is what we're going to do, of course, on this show, we're talking Australia. Um, the Australian climate has, of course, also developed over time. Um, I might not be the right person to to talk to you about this. So um, I think we'll just let Ben explain a little bit about the changing climate of Australia. As with the rest of the world, Australia's landscape and climate has always been in a state of change because this this is a, an old land. It's seen some things. Through my many travels around Eastern Australia, I've always had an eye to the ground, <laughs> looking for any interesting fossil or rock which might be sticking out, ready to share its story. Because it's amazing what you can pick up, to be honest. Um, now, while you can learn to read rocks by studying the layers in a cliff or looking at their mineral composition, fossils need no interpretation or little interpretation they just often shout at you like when you're in some barren cow paddock out in the middle of nowhere and you pick up a fossilized shark tooth you look around and you think i'm 1000 kilometers from the nearest coastline you know it's mind-boggling fossils tell amazing stories and really for me as i was growing up they really put into context how insanely old the earth is and how complex its systems are and how change is always happening. The sciences of paleontology, paleoclimatology and palynology, that's the 
the study of spores and pollen. Um, these are just some of the ways that we have come to develop our understanding for our current world. These sciences have told us what to expect of the world, of its fauna and flora and of its climate. Um, now one example, one incredible example really, of how Australia has changed um, is its deserts. Um, Australia's deserts are some of the world's youngest, being about 1.5 million years old. So that's actually pretty young. Before then, Australia was incredibly enough green and covered in rainforests, uh, quite a lot of it, which have now been pushed out towards the edges of the country. <clears throat> Clearly, though, we can't compare our state, our current state of the climate with that of millions of years ago. So, because like, it's interesting, but it won't tell us if something is out of the ordinary. If our, you know, if our current exploitation of the earth, if that is having consequences. Instead, scientists have focused their attention to the recent past to find patterns and determine what should be normal and what might be changing. Now, it's easy to get drawn into thinking that the current drought wreaking havoc in New South Wales and Queensland is something unprecedented. And until we analyse the weather records, we won't actually know for sure. But really, droughts like this are nothing new to Australia. It's part and parcel of this land. It's almost, I, well, I think it's, it's almost fair to say that rainy, grassy years are the exception if we look at the long-term weather data and therefore dries are, dry spells are the norm almost. Um, in the news at the moment, we're hearing statements like it's the dry season living memory and that might be the case, but like I said, it's important to really look at the long-term data, look to the patterns in weather beyond what's observable in a lifetime and then see what trends appear. <clears throat> so while we're on this topic, Stina, I'd love to share with you one of my favourite poems, which really communicates the reality of Australia's landscape and climate. The poem, which is really an ode to Australia, is called My Country, and it was written by a 19-year-old uh, lady called Dorothea McKellar way back in 1904. 1904, okay, remember that. Um, while she was feeling homesick on holiday in the United Kingdom. Right? Now, so should remember the words, Dorothea McKellar's My Country. The love of field and coppice, of green and shaded lanes, of ordered woods and gardens is running in your veins. Strong love of grey-blue distance, brown streams and soft dim skies. I know but cannot share it. My love is otherwise. I love a sunburnt country, a land of sweeping plains, of ragged mountain ranges, of droughts and flooding rains. I love her far horizons. I love her jewel sea, her beauty and her terror, the wide brown land for me. A stark white ring-barked forest, all tragic to the moon, the sapphire-misted mountains, the hot gold hush of noon. Green tangle of the brushes where leaf lianas coil and orchids deck the treetops and ferns the warm, dark soil. Core of my heart, my country, her pitiless blue sky, when sick at heart around us, we see the cattle die. But then the grey clouds gather and we can bless again the drumming of an army, the steady soaking rain core of my heart, my country, land of the rainbow gold, 
for flood and fire and famine, she pays us back threefold. Over the thirsty paddocks, watch after many days, the filmy veil of greenness that thickens as we gaze. An opal-hearted country, a willful, lavish land, all you who have not loved her, you will not understand. Though earth holds many splendours, wherever I may die, I know to what brown country my homing thoughts will fly. There we go. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. So, there you go. Love that poem. So we've established that Australia has long been a land of extremes, but next up we will look at some recent signs which really illustrate the fact that Australia's crazy climate is getting crazier and that this is cause for serious thinking and serious, serious action. Alrighty. If that is not going to make you love Australia, then I don't know what will. Um, thanks to Ben to take us through uh some of the some of the climate change that's happened over the um over the course of their australian of their time in australia okay so um ben mentioned here in the end though that australia has um recently been seeing a bit of some crazy weather events and that is some of the stuff that i want to talk about now so one thing is how that the weather or climate has changed in the past over hundreds of thousands of even millions of years. Another thing is what, what we are seeing today. So um, a good question some people ask sometimes is, um, are we actually seeing human-caused climate change impacts in Australia already? Um, and I found that um, you have a state of the climate report here in Australia, and they claim that the temperature has actually started increasing steadily since the 1910 um, by around one degree. And if you remember what um, we talked about a bit earlier, that the world has warmed up around 0.8 to 0.9 degrees, then one degree is sort of in the high end of that. Um, the same temperature increase also goes for the seas around Australia. So this one degree increase and We've all heard about and seen what that is currently doing to the coral reefs that are really, really uh, valuable around this country. Um, other aspects of climate change that we might be seeing at the moment is that heat waves have increased. We see longer fire seasons. Um, and the alpine areas of Australia, yeah, I know it's a really, really hot country, but funnily enough, there are alpine areas here as well. Um, but they are actually experiencing shorter snow seasons as well. Perth, so the big, big city out to the west, is one example um, that is used globally when you examine quite recent dramatic changes to local weather, um, which is directly correlated to climate change. So due to the surrounding climate, um, Perth is getting increasingly warm and really, really dry. And it, it affects a lot of things around Perth. Um, one of the most important things is that it affects the water supply that they have there. Um, so climate change at the moment is showing itself both through fairly slow or changes that are sort of creeping up on us, um, but it also experienced through these really, really extreme weather events. So it's not that all extreme weather events are directly uh, climate change related, but when we see the frequency of these extreme weather events increasing, that might 
show us a little bit about what climate change is. So we see um, really, really extreme droughts. We see really heavy rain. We see cyclones around the place. Um, and to be fair, it's the same thing that we see many places around the world as well. Um, so in general, we are setting a lot of many, uh, a lot of records around the world and also here with these weather events. And that are just some of the signs of climate change. Um, if we want to look slightly into the future, then um, obviously we don't know what will happen with certainty. That's one thing. But we have in 2015, we did do, um, we, we got together, everybody got together um, and came up with a Paris Agreement. And this is supported by everybody, um, but the good old Trump, I don't know, he for some reason to, um, yeah, got himself out of it again. Anyway, we have the Paris Agreement and in that, we state that we wanna aim at keeping our temperature well below our two degree threshold. And if we are really good and we really push it, then we actually wanna keep it below a 1.5 degree. Um, and this is sort of in order to not mess up the planet too much and to avoid the worst impact. So a two degree threshold is something that's been set out by the global community as something that we should really aim for. Um, right now, unfortunately, we are sort of on a trajectory that scientists have named business as usual. Um, and this business as usual doesn't sound very good, does it? Um, but it sets us on a path to reach a temperature increase of somewhere around four degrees. And thinking about that we have experienced a one degree warming now and we are seeing fairly major effects already around the world and also slowly that they're creeping up, then four degrees, yeah, that's a lot. Um, so we are currently kind of falling short on meeting the Paris uh, targets that we have set out. But I will say this, and the little optimistic person that is hopefully in all of us will say this, that is not impossible to meet these targets. It will be a challenge, that's fine, but it's not impossible. Um, it seems like we have the technologies right now um, to do a, to make an impact um, to lower our emissions. So the big question is, how are we gonna do it politically? And how are we gonna do this as citizens? Um, and that's some of the things that we are definitely gonna look into in the future, uh, the future shows on the Influence by Nature podcast. Um, but for today, that was a bit of the doom and gloom, I would say about the recent um, and future climate change. We don't wanna make it too doom and gloom. So please hang on uh, next Friday when we'll be back again. I promise that we'll start looking into some of the more positive uh, impacts that we can have. Um, and we'll look into some of the things that clever people have found out that we can do to kind of reverse and at least minimize some of the effects of the climate change that we might experience in the future. That was all for this time of the Influence by Nature show on Veroni Radio. Uh, my name is Stina and you can find us and follow us if you search for Influence by Nature on uh, Facebook, Instagram. We have a web page, influencebynature.com, where we'll start putting out these Veroni shows as well. So you can keep on track when we go through the Australian climate. Um, next week, I don't know what the theme will be, but I do know that Ben will be here. So... 
um, will have one more voice to listen to. Um, I hope you're all going to have such a great weekend. Keep uh, listening to the next show that's going to come up after this. Um, so right now, uh, to finish off, I want to play um, Believer by Imagine Dragons. First things first. 